Gardening Radio. I'm Ray Burton and welcome to another Let's Talk Gardening podcast. Our mission is to provide listeners with interesting, informative topics and up-to-date information. My co-host is Faya Caro, an award-winning gardener, horticulturalist and media presenter. Faye's passion is educating people. Oh, and she loves bugs a lot too. My passion is simply beautiful, healthy gardens. And together each week, we cover many great gardening subjects. Saturday morning and here come the girls, Ray and Faye, with Let's Talk Gardening. Hello, hello, gardening friends. Today's show is sponsored by Soil Solver, Landscape Industries Association Product of the Year. The answer lies in the soil. Good morning, Fakaro. Good morning, Ray. How is everything? You're looking bright and chirpy and busy over there and making notes and supping on the coffee. And It's such a busy time in good. the garden, it out is. in the gardening world and all around, isn't all it, All around. It's a very busy time of the year between now, I'd say, November uh, and the end of November. We've got lots to talk about, lots going on out there. It's It's lovely. It's nice. We're enjoying it. And only 10 weeks to Christmas, Ray. Oh, I'm not counting. <laughs> yes, no, not my... I, I, I'm, I'm a, yeah, I don't mean to be a party pooper, but Christmas just doesn't I press know. my buttons. I just want it to be on everyone's radar. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's true because we should really be planning our gardens for Christmas if you want some pretty pots around your house or front door or wherever. Now's well, a good time if, to if it's at your place, it yeah. is nice to, to get into the theme and maybe yeah. do it a little bit garden-wise. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Now, if you do call in today, you'll be chatting with Bev, 94841927. John Glidden is with us as he is each week, looking after things and uh, assisting us with any research. And uh, we couldn't do this show without uh, Mr John Glidden. And you can, if you want to, send us an email, gardening at curtainfm.com.au. Shouting out to... Chris Bartlett and Mark Carlton uh, for the uh, Saturday morning craziness. You want to hear those guys when uh, actually he and Jim are in the studio together. They're just having a lot I of fun. I wondered what was going on with no, that. They have a lot of fun in the here. The noise and, that know, was ringing emanating out. Emanating out of this soundproof room, I know. And uh, the cycling DJ, uh, Jim Crinan, will return at 10am with the classic 70s as well. So we've got a lot to get through this morning. We, we have. There's a lot on today, Ray, yeah, but just before we get stuck into yeah. it, maybe I'll just run through quickly what is on today. Yeah, let's And that do it. is the Geranium and Pelagonium Society of WA have got their sale day this morning from 9 to 12 at the Guide Hall, Melville. It's cash only. Amanda's Garden Fade is on. There's two open gardens, one in Mahogany Creek, and one in Mundaring. They're yep. both on today. Yep. And we will go into these a little bit later. And also there's the Beverly Rose Show is on today till midday. Now, I, I guess if Beverly is on your radar, you're heading in that direction at the moment, they do have a gorgeous rose show happening at the Beverly Town Hall uh, to 12.30 today. Uh, beautiful flowers, patchwork quilt displays, merchandise stalls raffles all the usual things that uh, you could expect uh and uh open today till 12 30 at the beverly town hall a beautiful beverly rose show on 
this morning up until half past 12. So if you're in that vicinity, go check it out. Well, on that note, Ray, we love to let people know what's on in the gardening world. Yeah. So if there are groups out there that would like us uh, to mention it to mention it and have it on the radar, we're yeah. more than happy to do that. We what are. we're doing with the open gardens generally, trying to interview the garden owners the week before with the, the number that's coming up across the board, we're not actually getting to do that. So we like to share it around a bit, mm. but we certainly can talk about it. I often make a Facebook post and do mm. links to the other groups. So, yes, let us know. And best way to do that is through the email, gardening at curtainfm.com.au. Yeah, that's the best way to reach us, not through the office, front office, and not through the studio, directly to us, gardening at curtainfm.com.au. And you got out this week and had a look at some gardens I too, got Ray. let off my ch- my chain. I, I, <laughs> Good. I unleashed myself. Yeah. <laughs> well done. And what did you see? Well, yesterday I went to the um, Perth Ladies College. PLC had a large open day, garden day, uh, and they do this festival, I think, each year. And that's situated over in Peppermint Grove. And I saw six gardens yesterday and uh, it was fabulous. It, it was on from 10 to 2, so you had to really move along. And uh, there we are, you know, up and down the streets, you know, going into people's magnificent backyards because of wow. course the block's over there. We're not talking, we're talking acreage. <laughs> mm. And it's just divine. It's always nice to see how the other half live and uh, their gardens are just absolutely breathtaking and established and different and so you saw a lot of variety it was very busy there was loads of people there uh, so everyone was enjoying it the weather was on our side and so it was just a pleasant uh, afternoon to be able to go and uh, have a look at these uh, glorious gardens in the absolute stunning suburb of Peppermint Grove love 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 fantastic and I actually went into the city yesterday afternoon with the camera club yes and we got to wander around government house gardens Three acres of parkland, uh, one of the oldest olive trees in the state, around 150 mm. years old. And the girth, oh my goodness, you stretch your arms out and it would take at least four people to wrap their arms around it to get around the trunk. It was just, just incredible. Yeah. I'd love to climb it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the roses, oh my goodness, roses they everywhere. were on steroids. Everywhere they were peaking, Every, and the health, the health of the roses around the place looks amazing, Ray. It, they are, and so what's what's different? I mean, I know we had the issues that earlier in the year, and people were really struggling with their roses. We've had this incredible winter. We've had a lot of rain, and it sort of extended itself on into where we are now, mid October or later. But the roses are saying thank you. There's mm. a lesson there somewhere. I just haven't worked out what it is. Well, I think the cold and the wet yeah. has got a lot to do with it. And then we get interspersed with sunshine. I mean, the weeds are going crazy. I was looking at my verge that I only mowed a week ago and thought that was it, done. We're ready for the rainbow beaters to come in. Uh, mm. And and now they're going for gold again. Mm. And they're up and pushing out flowers and seed heads. But... You know, you just got to keep on top of the weeds. It gets easier. And then the next batch of warm weather we have, probably we'll just about see the end of them, I think. The weed season, yeah. Mm. But the gardens are looking amazing, aren't they? They are. The colours, the hue, 
And when that light comes through early in the morning, I'm, when I was driving in this morning, I thought Heavenly. 7 o'clock, the world started two hours ago. Yeah. Like the birds were yeah. up very early. The bird count is on at the moment too. There'd be a lot of people taking 20 minutes out of their day to sit and count birds. Okay, and what is the purpose behind that? Uh, getting a snapshot of what's happening across the country, mm. what birds are where, uh, climate change, migrational activities, seasonal. You know, they, these are all good opportunities for citizen scientists to get out there and, and put their mark out there. We are in the information age where information like this can be shared and documented mm. and recorded mm. to see what changes are, are going on across the board. And we went to the send-off of Jill Hurd, our, our very favourite listener, and uh, she passed away a couple of weeks ago. And we did attend the funeral, and it was a really uh, lovely service, and it was really interesting to hear. Well, you just come away knowing that um, you've been in touch with greatness, you know, mm. because she's just been such a remarkable lady, and... Uh, that was underlined when we listened to the eulogies on uh, Wednesday. And so that was a, a sad day for us, um, but it was our honour to attend. And we were amazed that they actually mentioned us, mentioned this program, mentioned Curtain Radio, because she was a huge fan of Curtain Radio. Well, she was our number one fan, yes, right? Yes. So we did that as well during the week. And you also came and had a little look at my garden, <gasps> albeit after the night before with all that uh, wretched wind. We certainly had a big blow during the week. I had like, quite a bit of damage in my garden, actually, a lot of breakage. Mm. Uh, I think I think people were uh, struggling. Your, your garden amazed me, Ray. The Very neglected. No. It is. No, it didn't look that way at all. The, the strength and the colour... Of your plants, they were strong. Mm, I um, hope so. Well, <laughs> need to be. <laughs> no, but they are compared to what's going mm. on in my garden. I guess I've got towering gum trees, so mm. things might be a, a little bit more stretched. But your plants were strong and healthy, so. and the colour in your fern leaves and your ripsalis was a deep green. Mm. Just mm. yeah, really, really healthy. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. You you should be doing a gardening show. I, uh, thank you. That's a that's a great idea. Nine four eight four one nine two seven. Now joining us in the studio today, Faye. Yes, we have Tim Griffin, and he is the president of the Epiphytic Cacti and Hoya Society. I do hope I've got that right. And I met Tim this week uh, because of Ripsalis, and he he came to my house. Uh, with two other ladies and identified the number of ripsalis that I uh, have. Well, that's just um, special in itself because um, we do sometimes struggle with the names of these individual mm. varieties, of which there are many, to have professional people come in and be able to assist you with that. That must have uh, made you sleep well at night. Oh, no, no, it's just embarrassing having people to your garden when it's not how you want it to be. Sure. Well, you know what I mean. Yeah, I do know. <laughs> I didn't want anyone to see my garden the other day mm. because it was a mess after the weather but, and I hadn't had a chance to do anything about oh, it. I still called, haven't. It's called living in chaos. Living in reality. Can't have anyone over syndrome. But you know <laughs> what? By the same token, you know, some people do understand that you, you're only human and there's other things that go on in our lives that we can't be in the garden or it's not no. a, a showpiece all the time. And oh. and it, for me, it's my playground. I get out there 
and I don't want to have to tidy everything up I in know, one hit. I, I want to potter. Yeah. I play. I get distracted by the bugs. Mm. I'll end up in the bush for three hours. You mm. know, time means on. nothing. It's <laughs> my, it frees my headspace. Well, I, yeah, I, I, I don't have that luxury, but I follow what you're saying. And I've never heard that before, chaos. Can't, Can't have, have anyone, anyone over syndrome. syndrome. Oh, mm. my God, that fits. But we shouldn't. We shouldn't be like that. No, I know. But, but we are because people have expectations of, oh, it's not what I thought it would be, or, <laughs> oh, she could have pulled those weeds out, or I would have done that. Yeah, there's oh. a lot of pressure. There is when you're a garden guru, absolutely. But at the end of the day, we're all just doing the same things and we're all the same and we all have the same issues, although I'm not sure they have them in Peppermint Grove. They wouldn't get chilli thrip in Peppermint Grove. It wouldn't dare go there. It's uh, too perfect, mm. too perfect over that way. Yeah. Now what? The, what got, the was lawns the story? were immaculate. Where, where did it start? Epicenter was uh, Maylands, evidently, where mm. I used to live. Um, <laughs> I don't live far from there now, so I'm in that right in that range. Yeah. Yeah. So that was uh, all around there, and uh, the other. I'm just trying to think. I'll I'll come up with the other name of where they first spotted it, but I I believe it's been spotted in places like Mount Lawley as well, and. Uh, uh, it's near Morley. Uh, I'm just trying to think of that verb. E- not Eden. Embleton. Embleton. Mm. Thank you. Yeah, that's been another problem area. And I'm sort of within a radius of them. Well, I'd like to hear from anyone who is Actually, still yes, having were, trouble. If they have discovered any new trouble mm. because when a, a lady in my suburb said she already has. So I said, well, I haven't since seen anything yet, but she reckons it's it's already there. I don't know. I don't know. I haven't. I'm watching closely at the moment because so, my I nearly lost my roses last year through the chili mm-hmm. through, and they just even after you saw them on Wednesday. Um, In the last few days, they've started to really flower and Mm. uh, they're looking absolutely gorgeous. And uh, yeah, everything, as you say, and and just look as we move around. I could be out walking the dog or we go down the street or, you know, go and look at other people's gardens. Everything is bouncing and popping out there. It's just been, it's so vibrant. We don't want to see that change. No, we don't. Okay. Now. Enough um, enough of us. (laughs) All right. Um, Look, we're going to be chatting uh, shortly with our first phone interview will be Rod Lloyd from the Silverdale Open Garden, which is happening in Helena Valley next weekend. So get your pencils out and uh, write this address down. We'll be back shortly. It's already 21 minutes past eight. Now we're going to have a chat with Rod Lloyd, Rod and Hazel's Open Garden is happening next weekend in Helena Valley and it's called Silverdale. Let's find out all about it. Good morning, Roger with Ray and Faye. Good morning, Ray and Faye. <laughs> Good morning. How are you today? I'm uh, pretty well. I'm just wondering what we're going to be talking about, but it's okay. Well, it's about your garden, your beautiful yeah. garden. But firstly, are we your favourite radio station? I've got that in oh. my notes, Curtain Radio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've been a member for a long time. Aha, uh-huh. I know. Yeah. Our listeners, once they find us, they, they tend not to leave. Yeah, yeah. And I try and convince people, even uh, overseas people, say listen to it because they like the same age and they like the same yeah. music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you definitely have to influence others. Oh, Rod might yeah. be vying for our top fan spot. <laughs> <laughs> now, Rod, next weekend you are open as part of Open Gardens WA 
and I know how beautiful your garden is. Give the listeners a bit of a rundown on on what you've got in your plot. Well, uh, it's mostly a rose garden. There's about 120. Um, there's climbers. We've got mass plantings of particular, you know, one sort of rose quite a bit. Um, David Austin roses we sort of feature. Mm, gorgeous. And, and um, well, Hazel's part is, is a cottage gardening part, and she's got salvias and iris, princess lilies, hydrangeas, buddleias. You know, they're just sitting out here now. And it's, Heaven. Yeah. The bugs are all buzzing around like you saw before. Well, and they're the good bugs, aren't they, Rod? Yeah, yeah. You showed me that tiny little wasp. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. you've got a um, cars on display too. Yeah, I've got um, some of mine and, and a friend's couple of friends' cars. So there's so, a Cortina, a Corvette, Austin Healy's. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And you're... I've been a member of the Austin Healy Club for a long time. Oh, there you go. Well, see, there's something for everyone something in for this Something for the boys. Garden. Sometimes when, I was at the, a garden last weekend and I do notice sometimes that hubby's dragged along. And I can hear him saying under his breath as he's walking around, oh, it's a lot of work, it's a lot of work. Oh. Yeah, yeah. You hear them, well, you know, because like, you can see their wife's all starry-eyed and getting ideas, you know, by the million. And uh, so something for the boys, perhaps, and even the girls that are car enthusiasts to go out and have a look at these uh, beautiful vehicles too. Well, I've been to this garden a, a couple yeah. of times and it is very beautiful. So what, how I would describe it, would it be a Federation-style home, Rod? Well, it's sort of like a mixture of Australian, English type yes. style. Yes, yeah. veranda got, around the front yeah, and side. Yeah. That, so, the house is made out of recycled from houses that have been knocked over and collected and they've rebuilt a house out of it, yeah. sash windows and old bricks. And, it, it's absolutely beautiful. So when you come in from the street, there's like a, a native garden that protects and, and hides you from the street. Yeah. Uh, there's another garden with paths taking you to the front door, a beautiful sitting area that's dressed up with colourful plants, and then you've got the veranda that wraps around the house, overlooking hedges, water feature, a water feature. Uh, it's quite formal looking and just full of, full well, of colours and interest everywhere you look. It's a bit of a mixture. It's formal, but it's, it's sort of got bits spreading, spilling over, and you know, just we let some of it go a bit rampant if we can. Formal I remember, elements. I remember one of the um, people that were on there was talking about how you should try and keep part of your garden a bit um, unkempt yes, for. Yes. And we've got a few bobtails that hide around them. Yeah, just on the edge of civilization in, in some way. It is beautiful, and you've. Um, was I correct in thinking that you'll be having tables and chairs set up ready for morning and afternoon teas and refreshments on the day? Well, there's chairs everywhere, really. Hmm. It's a good, it's when you're walking around, if there's a, you find a, a bench. You can just sit down. Sit down and, and watch for a while. Oh, nice. And lovely. when I was last there, I, I was cheeky enough to ask for a cutting of a geranium that was growing up the fence, a mm -hmm. gorgeous lime green geranium yeah, yeah. with apricot flowers. I checked on my cuttings yesterday and they're doing very well. Thank you. Oh, well, that's, like I said, that's Hazel does all those ones. <laughs> well, I've, I'm, I've dug up all the rocks. 
Ah, very good. Now, this is on next weekend. There'll be plant yep. sales, a raffle, morning and afternoon teas, uh, pram and stroller access to at least 50% of the garden. There are steps and uneven pathways and water hazards. And next weekend from 10 to 4, Saturday and Sunday, 89 Scott Street, Helena Valley. Perfect. I'd be late. Lovely. Thank you okay. very much, Rod. Look Have a fantastic to, weekend. Look forward to that, Rod. Thank we'll you see you much. then. Okay, okay go Bye. well. Cheers for that. Thank Bye. you. Bye. Bye. Okay, 94841927 is our number. There you are, Ray. There's some photos for you of of Rod's garden, and mm, it is very beautiful. pretty. The roses are in full bloom now, yeah. and they were looking very healthy when I saw them a few weeks ago. And, yes, uh, Rod was very worried about the chilli thrip. Was he? Uh, and mm-hmm. we talked about it, and I stood there looking at the roses and how healthy they were. The mm. red growth on it just a few weeks ago was yeah. amazing yeah. and very strong looking. And then I saw some little wasps, parasitic or yeah. predatory wasps, flying around. So mm. you know, the, these are the markers that we look for yes. in a healthy garden. Yes, indeed. Yes, no, it does look very beautiful. So encourage people to get along to that one next weekend. Absolutely. Mm. We'll mention it again next weekend just to remind you. Actually, we might take this <laughs> opportunity to talk about all the events that are on this, this weekend, weekend in full detail okay. uh, because I don't want anyone to miss out. So today, uh, kicking off at 9 o'clock, is the Geranium and Pelagonium Society of WA having their plant sale. And they are in the... Uh, guide Hall, which is on the corner of Melville and Stock Roads in Melville, and it's cash only. Now that's on from nine to twelve. Geraniums are very, very popular very, at the moment, very. and mine are just looking fantastic. Mm. I love the ivy geraniums, mm. uh, but there's many that have coloured leaves, like I was talking about the lime green leaves mm. or mm. pattern leaves. Mm. Some some geraniums that I've seen on I suppose Facebook pages are uh, popular just for the foliage, just because That's it's right. so beautiful, more so than the flower. Yes, some amazing foliage on geraniums, and I guess when you go to these types of events like today, you're getting a chance to see different things, not what you're buying in the nurseries. Mm. You get the opportunity to buy from the growers. Well, and, that's and find also, something, find something different. It's also why I love to go to open gardens because yeah. you get to see. Well, this this lime green leaf one that we talked about mm. the other day, you've mm. got one in your garden, mm. I think, mm. haven't you? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I, we'd had trouble striking cuttings yeah. from a piece we got earlier. Yeah. But, you know, they're just beautiful. And I'd seen it in yeah. a pot before. I didn't realise it would happily go up a fence. And that's yeah. where um, Hazel's got hers growing up a fence. Yeah, gorgeous. It's just the contrast of the lime green yeah. leaf and the salmon flower is yeah. just beautiful. Yeah, it's breathtaking. Oh. Yes. Moving right along, uh, Amanda's Garden Fate is also on this weekend, 10 to 4.30 today and tomorrow. All proceeds go to Meningococcal Awareness. There will be Devonshire teas, sausage sizzle, plant sales, art display, Paddy's Market, music and gardens with trees. There's water features, shrubs and flowering plants all in a rural setting. They've got a beautiful bridge. It's a very cool, lovely garden for a warm day. Um, Lots of dragonflies and birds buzzing around too. Now, inquiries for this are on 93987275. 
Open Gardens WA have got two events on this weekend. Uh, the addresses for these are the first one, Bindaree, 2610 Thomas Road in Mahogany Creek yeah. and Longford, 1190 Walker Street, Mundaring. Both gardens today and tomorrow from 10 to 4. And more details for that, Open Gardens WA on the website. Yes, and we, we mentioned those last week and they're within cooey of each other, so you may as well see them both. Exactly. Okay. All right, let's get on to some emails. Now, Lois has sent us in an email just now and she's got bulby, she says, I've got lots of bulby weeds in my garden. I try to dig them out when I can or pour boiling water on them. Mm. I have some that are very interwoven with the plants as in the photo and need advice on how to deal with them. If I paint weed killer on the leaves, will this affect the garden plant? And this is Lois of Maylands. Now, uh, often um, the plant that she sent a picture in is conostylis, strappy leaf. And these weedy, weedy, leafy weeds pop up in the middle looking like the plant initially until they start to go to flower. Show themselves. What, mm. what it looks like here to me is the wild oats mm. and... But what happens is the seed just drops down inside and it grows and off it goes. Now, I get in there with with gloves is a good idea because you don't know what you're rummaging in amongst. But I go right down to the base and I gently pull on the plant in a bid to get the roots with the, the weed. You can use a spray or not a spray, but you paint on a herbicide onto the leaves making sure that you don't get it on the plant. Mm. But really, um, I would just take the time to pull it out with your fingers. I would also then go around the plant, make a little well and make sure that area is clear of weeds. And I can see there are some uh, petty spurge in around it. So you, mm. you go through painstakingly do that. It is a painstaking you know, job. And an hour later, you'd be surprised how far you can get around the garden or just what you've yeah, achieved. One bed at a time, that's what yeah. I'm doing. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, no, it's it's a very difficult season for it. So no, I can fully fully relate to her problem. But the weed season will be over soon. A lot of and a lot of these plants by. are annuals. <laughs> What's that right? Then replaced by. <laughs> it's a, it is a, it is it is you're always having to be vigilant, aren't you? Always. Well if you want a beautiful garden. And it's joyful just being in it. I yeah, know I it know. can be overwhelming. Trust yeah. me, I know, because mm. I have probably an acre of garden. Mm. So I just, I, I go out there to do one job, but sometimes I get taken over and end up somewhere else. Mm. But achieve so much more because mm. that's what I want to be doing. Yeah. But if it is hard, just tell yourself, right, 15 minutes yeah. on that patch. Yeah. Honestly, once you start, you yeah, probably you can't going. stop. Yeah. You get spurred on. <laughs> oh, Shall I keep going? Yes, please. Okay. So, good morning, Faye and Ray. What am I doing wrong? This mini orchid looked beautiful a couple of weeks ago and now a new bud appears but dried up. I water it once a week as recommended by you. Thank you and I do enjoy your gardening show. So, this is from Jenny. It it's a phalaenopsis orchid and yes, um, who knows why it's dried up. Maybe it's too wet or maybe it's just failing to to develop. Now, 
take it out of the pot, as in it's probably a, in a pot inside a pot. Mm-hmm. The phalaenopsis are often in a, a clear plastic pot. Yeah, yeah. So take that out and have a look. Make sure that it is not sitting in water mm. because they don't like to have soggy wet roots. No. In order to water these plants, you water them until all the, the wood chips in it are moist. Let, let it drain, put it back in the pot. Now, check that the roots don't look too soggy. Mm-hmm. It may be in need of repotting, put potting onto a bigger pot. They probably will have aerial roots coming up and out of the top. Yes. That's a, a sign of, of a healthy plant, yeah. provided they're in good condition. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, this flower that you've got here, I would cut it back. Not right to the base. It looks to me like there's another little bud coming part way down. Mm. So just below the little yeah. clip, there's another bud there coming. Is, so cut is. above that and you should get that to flower too. But certainly check the condition of the, the pot, the mix and the roots. Okay. Mm. Okay. Thank you. All right. We do have a few emails here. Uh, da, 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 da. Now, Jen, I did reply to her during the week. She wants to know what is attacking her plum tree leaves and what she can do about it Uh, and says, thanks for your help with the blueberries. They've been repotted in azalea mix and are doing well. So that's good to know. She's also sent in a photo of a hoverfly, which is on her orange blossom. Mm. So I'll quickly tell everyone about hoverflies because Mm. this is the season. They would have seen them buzzing around their gardens they hover in one position and then they move in they they will um they're attracted to the pollen and nectar so they'll have a drink from the flowers but they'll also lay eggs and when the eggs hatch they look like tiny little caterpillars and these are predators in your garden Mm. so they'll go in search of your aphids and other small insects that are pests uh, so so great guys to have. This is why I advocate not using harmful sprays in the garden because mm. everyone doesn't know that some of those little caterpillar-looking critters are actually good guys. Now, it looks like the leaves may have been eaten uh, by the munching characters, katydids, grasshoppers. There's lots hatching out at the moment and flying around. So one thing you can do is hose the leaves with a jet of water and you may see them fly off. But inspect the leaves because a lot of them are very little and that is probably what's doing Mm. the job. Now, Ray, I think you you would probably say to deter the grasshoppers, maybe neem neem spray? That's the only product that I'm aware of that has a mm. is, is a deterrent. It's a very difficult problem. But I, it does look, I think it does, it, no, it works. It okay. Works. okay. And on a plum tree, mm. you, you tend to get a lot of growth. Mm. So the fact that they've eaten some leaves is not really going to hinder the plant. Yeah. It's yeah. aesthetic more yeah. than it, anything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's not a sign of a bigger problem. No. Agreed. Mm. How are we going for time? Okay. okay, you've got a couple of minutes. Yep. Yeah. So Daryl has sent us in a photo of his magnolia. He says, thanks for a great program on a great station. <laughs> so we've got lots of people vying for our top number one fan position <laughs> currently. He says, I have a problem with magnolias. They're becoming sick and dying with leaves falling off. 
We've been out at night checking for snails, caterpillars and crickets, but only a few snails have been found. Up to the beginning of winter, they were healthy. And he's included a few photos and would like advice. Now, I don't think it's a pest problem. The leaves certainly are browning off. Uh, the plant, some of the leaves are a bit yellow. It doesn't look very old. If if the soil was very well prepared, um, I I would be keen to know how it was prepared. What you know, if the soil mix was too rich, and then going into winter, mm. if that's holding too much water, it looks to me like a, a weather slash winter problem. So cold, wet. This is probably typical of what we would see with plants after the winter we've had, cold yeah. and wet. Now, I'd be keeping an eye out for new growth. Mm. The tips don't look too bad, though, you know, the the browning on the leaf could be could be sun if we'd had hot weather. Or it could be cold, like frost. So those leaves will probably drop off. I think just hold tight with a lot of things. They're waiting for the warm weather Mm. and they will turn a corner. If it continues to die back, Mm. then let's have a look at it then. But give it it time to recover Mm. with warmer weather. Yeah, I think so too with Mm. uh, magnolias. As you know, in my previous Home, I had many of them, and uh, the leaves yellowing and dropping at certain times of the year wasn't unusual. Mm. They just go through phases. And I'm not sure where where that is, if it's coastal mm. or inland, mm. if it's more prone to frost. Mm. Yeah, mine had some protection, which mm. they like, and they like a lot of food, and they they do enjoy their water. But as mm. you say, providing it's When draining. it's warmer, yeah. not yeah. Not when it's no. cold and, and plants are sort of Correct. in a holding pattern. Question for you. We'll go to a break in a sec. I'm about to fill up a very large pot to put a new rose into it next to my garage. Does one have to fill the entire pot with potting mix like $40 nope. later? The, <laughs> yeah, because that's what, that's what happens. Yeah. No. One, one of the things that I have done in the past is put a, a plastic pot inside the pot upside down and fill around that Mm. and if the pot is that big then I'd also put annuals or or succulents or something pretty you know the thriller the filler and the spiller oh yeah I I understand that but the Mm. actual medium in the pot Mm. in the base of the pot would you fill that whole entire pot you're planting obviously at the surface of the pot I'm talking this this big yeah. Sorry, listeners. Yeah. So it's like two rulers high, sixty centimeters high at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I would use uh, an upside down pot in the bottom. In the bottom, just mm. to take up some space. Yeah. I yep. see. And okay. I mean, you could use. Bit of gr- I've seen other things rocks. use like empty drink bottles. You know, filled with water. Filler. 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 Yeah. yeah got you. Okay. Mm. All right, now when we return, I do think I spied Tim Griffin out there and uh, he is the president of the Epiphytic Cacti and Hoya Society. He will join us in just after this. Curtain Radio. Good morning, everyone. This is Let's Talk Gardening. Our special guest has arrived. We have Tim Griffin, president of the Epiphytic Cacti and Hoya Society, has just joined us and he tells me he's never been on air before. So 
fire, uh, what is it, a baptism of fire? <laughs> Come close to the mic, my friend. Thank you for coming in. Good morning, Tim. G'day, ladies. Uh, yeah. Glad to be here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no we'll be, we'll be gentle with you. I yeah. certainly hope so. Yeah, no, all good. No, look, Hoyas is something that we tend not to talk about enough, we feel, and uh, I'd love to, you know, talk about all the different things that your role entails and the society, but just to learn how to grow Hoyer and what the what the the thrill is about Hoyers and how to do it. What what are the you know the tips? Well, for me, it started about five years ago. Hmm. Um, retirement. Yes. I've always loved gardening. I've always loved the country. My other hobbies are walking, yeah. as in long distance walking, Camino. Yeah. Bibbleman track, etc. Oh, you do some serious walking, yeah. Yeah. So do you train for that all the time? It just comes natural. So you do walk every day? Almost. How far do you go? Because I know people that do some big At walking. At the present time, it's too cold. So, oh, okay. so I, that... I'm, I'm lucky enough that I live on five acres. So you're I always have, out and about anyway. I have a 500-metre walk track. Yeah, okay. Um, so my 500-metre walk track also puts me in touch with wildlife and the native plants um, the last two months has been really good for the native orchids of which i have seven on my property oh wonderful um where are you where are you located well uh, just well, outside cronana there okay got you yeah. yeah so as far as the president of the society how did that come about i've always liked plants mm. Um, and for some reason, everybody talks about Grandma's Hoya. Yes. Which is yes. The Carnosa. And it is a beautiful flower. Is that the it, cream one? The pink. Yeah. Yep. Um, it's normally wild. It can run for meters along a patio. Um, and years back, everybody's grandma had one because they were so hardy. Uh huh. Um, my mum had one. And is it true they like to be pot bound? There's a lot of debate on that. Okay. Um, now, Aileen said you're not allowed to say they like to be pot bound. Wasn't that correct? That is that is a truth. <laughs> um, you will not find any pots in the forest. Mm, true. So why would you say yeah. they like to be pot bound? Oh, so, it's like a wife's tale then. Grandma's. Grandma's tale. <laughs> grandma's hoya. Yeah, well. Perhaps grandma couldn't um, transplant it. I think maybe Grandma planted the pot, the pot uh, grew. Yeah. It never came out of that pot. Yes, correct. Um, it never got repotted. It, that mm -hmm. was just the way it was. And it survived. It's a, not only did it survived, it flourished Thrived. and flowered. Mm, so yeah. therefore somebody says, oh. It likes it Obviously, that way. they like it like that. Um, myself, you give them a size pot that fits the plant. So... Because Hoyas come in many different sizes, mm. um, I have a few notes in front of me that I mm. put together. Um, How many varieties of Hoyas? Well, you can look the top at of your head? approximately 300 species. Okay. But with Hoyas, you also have hybrids, cultivars. Mm. And they are coming out at the present time almost one a week. Nearly all girls' names. Mm. Um, Matilda, Susie, yeah. Jennifer, 
There's not many. Faye, there's Ray. Not, <laughs> there's not many boy hires. Not many boy hires. Except fungi. Uh, and, and colours? Are they new colours or? Not really. They're a mixture. But yeah. there is no, uh, there's no purples. There's no blues. Okay. Uh, like as in a lot of flowers. The black hoyer? But no black hoyer. As truthfully, there is one um, anthracena. Anthracena mm. is black. Mm. Um so it's very, very, very dark. Yeah, it is. I've seen that. So what potting oh, mix do they like, Tim? Okay, so if you imagine these plants growing in the jungles, etc., it's and in trees, the majority of them are epiphytic, so they yeah. grow in the tops of trees. Whenever you see flowers on hoyas, they actually hang down. So you need to be putting them up in your... Uh, shade house or wherever you grow them so you can look up at them mm. to, to, to really appreciate the flowers so to, yeah, because they're, they're cascading down they're, and so the beauty is the, to look up yeah well they're mm. epiphytic treetops yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. at the same time there is some shrub hoyas but not a lot of them mm. um, water how much water well I'll, I'll just stay with the, the, the potting mix that they're in okay. so the potting mix is open Okay. Yeah. So basically, what does that mean? Well, every hoya grower I know has their own inverted commas special mix. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> um, like orchid growers, and the, they all do their they're own. They're all the same. Yeah, yeah. And even somebody like myself, I've been lucky enough to learn from some of the best. Mm. Actually, in the Epiphytic Cacti and Hoya Society. Yeah. These guys have been growing hoyas for years mm. the actual club started over 35 years ago mm. we are truly lucky that we still have some of our inaugural members mm. these are what we call the experts mm. so they're not only experts in hoyas but all of the epiphytic cacti yeah. type of plants mm. so uh, with that it's ripsalis I heard you mention earlier mm -hmm. uh, serapesias and the one that everybody knows, the epiphyllums, yeah. the giant flowers. And, mm. and they're just coming um, out now. The f mm. And they're flowering cactus. They're the flowering cactus. Mm. They're, they're the big six-inch, eight-inch flowers mm. of every colour. Mm. Um, and that is why we hold our show at this time of the year. Because it's, yeah. Because it's epi time. Epi time. Okay, and I like that. And epi was another plant that was grown by grandma, the big strappy cactus in the garden. Mm. And I believe, uh, I, I'm not personally into, big into the epis, there's like 3,000 different cultivars. Mm. Let's hybrids. not start on that path. Cause <laughs> <laughs> we'll go down rabbit holes. All right, 94841927, back shortly. Curtain Radio. We've got Tim Griffin with us this morning. We're talking about Hoyas and cacti, and we'll be heading to the news at 9am, which is not too far away as well. Okay. Now, Tim, you said that uh, Ripsalis and uh, different epiphyllums yep. like an open mix. What What's your recipe for an open mix? Okay, so this is my Hoya mix. Yes. Um, one bag of premium potting mix one bag of premium orchid mix half of a 20 litre bag of perlite right and one five litre bag of horticultural charcoal 
Yeah, mm. I do mixes like that. Yeah. Well, chap, it's clean. It cleans mm. the soil, and this is only personal. You mentioned Aileen earlier on. I add a small sachet of cinnamon. <laughs> How come? Somebody and wife's tale maybe. Ah. But somebody told me it keeps away the fungus gnats, and it smells nice. <laughs> <laughs> but it's often used to to Root um, plants. Yes, to to help them to stop them getting disease. Fungal Cinnamon. disease. Yes, mm. yes. I'm not sure if I've heard that before. Mm. Okay. That's why. So, I how say much is a sachet? Maybe thirty grams. Thirty grams. That, it's, it's like, that yeah, you get from your herb section yeah, in the supermarket. Two, two dollars. Okay. Um, and you just like you empty that into either a great big um, I, I, I a wheelbarrow. Into, wheelbarrow is into great. My, into my carport, yeah. mix it all up. Oh yeah, gotcha. Then stir, uh, just store Make it your in dustbins. Yeah, so fantastic. what you've then got is mm -hmm. a, a mix that's got some slow release fertilizer in it. It's mm. chunky. It's clean. It's light. And because yeah. these plants like to grow they can drain. in trees, it is very where, very fast draining. Yeah. That's what we want. Yeah. Okay, like it that. doesn't hold water. A lot of people, the first question they ask or will tell you when you speak of hoyas is, my leaves are going yellow. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to say 90% of the time it's overwatering. Overwatering. Or leaving them in water. So yeah. the worst thing you can do is put a saucer on the Underneath. bottom of your plants. Mm -hmm. So how often does one water? One water. Ideally wait till dry. So the old yeah. fashioned way of sticking, sticking your finger, finger in, in the pot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if it's dry, give it a drink. Yeah. Let it pour straight out the bottom. Yeah. Um, do now, listeners, we've water. got um, an expert here that can tell you all about growing your cactus, your succulents, your hoyas, your, hoyas, your ripsalis. So, <coughs> really, and yeah, indoor don't miss plants, your guys, this, yeah. these things are a, a new trend. Well, mm. they're a trend. Uh, uh, many of them are suitable for growing indoors. Yeah, I, I, I will tell you that as a member of the society, um, as I said earlier, we have been running for over 35 years. We do have still with us inaugural members, well-known well gardeners in the cactus and succulent world. Um, we meet once a month mm. um, at, Bassendine. at Bassendine Community Hall. The doors open at one thirty for a meeting um, at 2 o'clock. And is that, did you say that's every third Sunday? Every third Sunday. Mm, okay. One question that we get asked is, uh, why isn't my Hoya flowering? How can I get it to flower? It, it's a question I often get asked. Mm. Nine times out of ten, f f plants flower because of the amount of light they receive. It's all about light. Light? It's not fertilizer, okay, it's not water, yeah, it's uh, light. Light. So if it's not flowering, I would suggest moving it closer to the light. But not direct But light. not, not exactly that. Maybe only a foot if it's under your patio. Just, just tweaking it a little bit. Just tweak oh, it a little bit. Still nothing happening, tweak it a bit more. Mm. The, um, as soon as you tweak it too much, it will burn. Hoyas are a plant that normally grow in shade or speckled shade. Yeah. Um, my and own are either under the patio or under 70% shade cloth. 70. Okay. 70. How often each year do they flower? And do they flower at different times or? I will have flowers. 
at least 10 months of the year. Oh, really? On, That's on nice. different plants. Hmm. How many plants have you got, Tim? Come on, confession time now. I would like to say seven, but I'd be telling a lie. <laughs> couple of zeros on the end of that, Jim. Yeah. Put some zeros on yeah. there. Oh, that's all right. I, I do love my plants. It, because as a member of this society, it's not only Hoyas. Hoyas mm. are my favourite. Yeah. We have members that are epiphyllum experts, yeah. ripsalis experts, serapesia mm. experts. And so talking to these people, swapping plants, trading plants, it makes my plant numbers grow. Mm. Um, I was lucky or unlucky, depending on how you look at it, to be born a collector. Oh, is not, that a thing? Not a hoarder, a collector. A collector. Okay. So I better be careful with that word. <laughs> my other half will be trying to use it. Every month you, we go along to the, this Hoyer meeting and somebody there has got a new one. Yeah. <laughs> That's addictive, right? And, it's, and it you, is addictive. And you've got to have the new one. Um, I don't know if I can mention garden centres. It's not It's not in WA. Okay, go so, ahead. Yeah. Um, Paradisia CC in Melbourne. Mm-hmm. Um, they send their hires through to WA. Um, they have a list of at the present time, 180 different Hoyas. Mm, mm. And I'm sure you've heard of Pokemon. Yes. Well, Never understood it, but I know of it. You don't need to, but the, catch, the catchphrase is, <laughs> you've got to get them all. Got to get them all. <laughs> okay. All right. Time for the nine o'clock news, everyone. Right now it's 18.6 degrees. You can look forward to a sunny max today of 25 and tomorrow it will be 29 and it will be mostly sunny. Come Monday, there will be some showers around with a maximum of 20. Now, our rainfall so far for October, we love this bit. We don't mind here on Let's Talk Gardening setting records uh, or talking about records. Uh, at the moment, October is sitting on 84.8 mils, and, of course, we've got more rain to come this week. John tells me that will be an all-time October record. Um, and we're very close to it right now, sitting on 84.8. So we do have more rain to come, and he thinks that will be the biggest uh, month ever for October of rainfall in, in known history. So, yeah, we don't mind a record here. Well, do you know, I have a theory on that, Ray, do you? because I think every year the seasons are getting a bit later. I agree. So, do you, you think know, it's really September? Hear, well, no, when I hear... Oh, June's been the July, mm. driest on record. I think, well, yeah, because the calendar's just shifted back a bit. It's true. So, hello. Okay. There's always going to be a record. You, you, you pop my balloon. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. I enjoy my rain. So that's all right. Well, let's look at this telly again uh, next next week. But the average is 32.5 for October. In the, that's the last 10-year average. And we're year, getting what? Average, uh, 84.8. Well, that is... Out of this world. Exceptionally. But boy, did we cop it during the week. But it's great My because goodness. we've got the warmer weather and coupled with the rain. Yeah, I mean, we're that's getting, great that's, for growing. That is why our gardens are, yeah. are going it's, crazy. It's better for gardeners because in June it's cold. Mm. So if it's cold and not as wet, 
plants are happier. Yeah, for sure. Mm. All right, we're heading to Menorah. We're saying hello to Diana. Good morning. Oh, good morning. Um, I have all my geraniums healthy as healthy. Yeah. And in one one week, they're all starting to go yellow. Mm. They're looking limp. Why? Oh, are they in pots, Diana? Uh, Yes, they are. And they've been in pots for the last, oh, 18 months, two years. Okay. So they they may have got to the point where they need potting on. What have you, if anything, given them food-wise in in the last couple of weeks? I only use uh, power feed or sea salt. That's the only two things I use. Okay. All right. So, and I would keep doing that. That should green them up. But I think probably the potting mix has probably got to the end of its life and they just might need a little bit more space too. So repot them. Yep, next size pot. Don't right. interfere and with them too much. Just um, pot them on and give them some and fresh I, I cut them right back? Um, only, only to tidy up the plant. Okay, fine. All right, thank you very much. That answered my question. I thought it might be too much water. Well, it, it might be, but if they've been in a in the same pot for eighteen months, yes, then they're probably not holding too much water. I think it would be the other way. But also check the drainage hole just to make sure oh, they yes. are draining. Ray, are you thinking something different? Oh no, I was just wondering about their fertilizer program mm, the, the power feed yeah, and sea salt. Yeah, that's enough. Well, if yes, and sometimes with geraniums, we were talking actually during the week, they can just simply. Have the have a bit of a lifespan, and it's good to take cuttings and start again well, to revigor. Oh, yeah. this, this is true. Um, yeah, there's so they're only lot... eighteen months old. You're saying, Diana? Uh, about eighteen months. Yeah, quite young. And, but so... I have moved. I moved from capping to menorah, uh, and I thought maybe that's made a difference. Different climate, Can you know. Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I guess there's a a range of things to do. One, if they've been in the pots eighteen months to two years. One yes. of the first steps is you can pot them on to the next size pot. That'll give them a, yeah. a bit extra life. Cut yeah. them back to tidy them up and, as Ray said, take cuttings so that you've got new plants. Right. That's what I'll do. Yep. Thank okay. you very much. Good luck. Thank you. Thank, right. you. Thank you. Cheers. Bye. And slow release fertiliser. Yeah. That's, yeah. Slow release. That's a that's, good backup. I think that would be yeah. good to add that in. Mm. I know when I moved some years ago, um, just moving your plants from one area to another and they're never going to quite have that same position makes a lot of difference some were happy some were very unhappy with that Mm. it's all about the position and when things are in the right position they don't like to be moved and like tim said moving your basket so they get more light but then not just once because the sun changes you know what it it was like a month ago is different to now Mm. so moving them on again and turning things around so that they get even growth. They're not all lopsided. Mm. Quite Tim, right. Tim's <laughs> nodding. <laughs> oh, I'm, glad, I'm glad you approve. <coughs> Katie of Midland has uh, phoned in and she's asking, how long does a Hoya take to flower after striking from a cutting? If the plant is quite healthy. Okay, so we are at the peak of cutting time. Trimming, tidying your plants up, whatever you like to call it. This is the time to take cuttings. Okay. The plants are going crazy at this time of the year. They want to grow. They want to root. They want to become a plant. 
the, the question really is a little open-ended depending on the cutting that you take if you just take uh, what we call a double node cutting so you've got like four leaves above ground mm. um, it will take at least a year uh-huh. because it will take that time to settle itself into the pot before it actually starts growing new growth some cuttings you can actually take that have a peduncle which is a flowering spur already on it that could flower that year mm. but it does depend where you have the plant as I said earlier they do need the light and because there is so many and they grow oh, all the way across the Philippines India Thailand uh, and of course Australia mm. they're all grown in different places the best thing you can do is try to copy where they are growing in the wild Yes, of course. It's it's, it's very hard, for, even mm-hmm. for me, living where I do, trying to grow a plant that grows in southern India. So I yes. have to try and give it the same conditions. Try and emulate that. Uh, improve the humidity <coughs> around yeah. it, which yeah. may me just standing on a bowl of stones where the water is below the stones. Yes. To improve its own little humidity. Yep. So I would say you should get a flower within two years you have to be patient you have to be patient it's it's a cutting and do you what do you use uh to train you, you know obviously they put on this huge growth how do you do you like them in hanging baskets so that they can cascade down or the whippy growth do you like to train that up a trellis or what's the best okay again with hoyas um the larger species can grow to 20 meters yeah sure um I was lucky enough to be gifted an Indian rope hoyer. This is a a, a hoyer with a very curly leaf, very tight curls. Ah. And the longest vine was seven metres. You need somewhere to put you that. You sure <laughs> do, yeah. When I say the longest vine, it still had five others. Mm. Um if you get something like what they call the Hoya Bella, which happens to be one of my favorites, it's just a small shrub type Hoya, um, even it will put out branches a meter long. It's best to keep it well trimmed, so take cuttings, um, because flowers will come new every time. They don't come on the old peduncles like most of the Hoyas. Oh. Once you start getting into plants, getting into hoyas, there is so much to learn. Yeah, um, yeah, like all plants. It, like gar- go down it's gardening. rabbit holes all the time. It's, <laughs> it's gardening. The, the best thing you can do is visit somebody else's garden. Yeah, Because learn. you see something different mm. and you go home and you try it. Mm. And you think, why haven't I been doing that for 20 years? Mm. Why didn't somebody tell me about it? Mm. It, it? I don't know if it's tricks of the trade or... I can go back to old wives' tales. Try this. Mm-hmm. It's what we do. Okay, I think that I might give away our $75 gift voucher for Bigger Trees in Pickering Brook. You must have not won a prize on the station in the last 28 days. <laughs> and, and, and Tim's putting his hand up. You need to be a Curtin FM member. Are you? 
Oh, oh, oh. You can't be sitting in the studio. (laughs) Okay, Bigger Trees up in Pickering Brook. I recommend checking out their website, biggertrees.com.au. And Bigger spelt B-I-G-G-A. And I know she's got some great hibiscus stock now arriving. Frangipanis are starting to make a move, and I think she's got some fabulous exotic cuttings up there as well. Uh, Definitely recommend going up and checking out. Uh, all the different things that go on at, up at uh, Bigger Trees. And you were there not too long ago yourself. I was, and had yes, a, good look. a beautiful nursery. It is lovely. Okay, now here's your question. What is the common name for Helianthus annuus? What is the common name for Helianthus annuus? Okay, 94841927. This is quite an easy one. Okay, sure carry, carry on. Now, next weekend, Tim, the Society have <coughs> their show. Now, a lot of the names that that we've talked about this morning are not really common names. I would love for listeners to understand the sorts of plants that we're talking about because mm. I know there's a big um, range of Hattioras coming into nurseries and garden centres right now. Yeah. And they are, of course, the, the old-fashioned crab cactus, or not crab cactus, Christmas cactus. Uh, Ozago is another name. Yes, yes. Yeah. The um, so the plants for us. Well, we have two open state championships. One of which is the epiphytic cacti, which is basically must consist of three distinct species of epiphytic cacti. So your ipsalis, your, your epiphyllums, your hetorias, slumbergias, and the second schedule for the open state are the hoyas. Again three distinct species of Hoya. The epi has, like all plants, it gets popular, then it wanes, then it comes popular again. Yeah, yeah. I I believe in the eastern states, epis are coming back into vogue. Good. Um, when you see the flower, you can appreciate why. They, mm. they are a beautiful flower. Mm. The problem for me is you do not get nine months of flowers. Mm. Hence, that's why we hold our our show now. And I'm actually hearing from some of the epi growers, there may not be as many large flowering epis at the show this year because, as was mentioned earlier, the seasons, the cold weather, have seemed to have dragged on a little bit longer this year. Yeah. So the flowers are not putting out the same as what as what, they, as what they normally do. Okay, all right. Did you wanted to say something, Faye? I was just going to say, but some of the zygocactus are spot flowering on right beyond now. what we would have expected. I I think this is because not everybody keeps the same plant in the same place. Therefore, you're going to get different flowering times, mm. but. When, when you talk like we are of a show, mm. your aim is to have it ready for that week. Mm. Um, so so it's, at its, at its at its best Yes, when the judge is available. Absolutely. Now, a member of the Hoyer Society rang in to say that, I think I mentioned it actually, Tim mentioned that meeting the meeting is every third Sunday, should be third Sunday each month. Yes, that's what we meant actually. Yeah, so yeah. we stand corrected every third Sunday of each month, of course. Now we're talking about seeds. Hi, Sue, how's it going? Morning, Sue. Oh, good, good 
Good morning. Thanks for a lovely show. Um, just two quick queries, ladies. I've got large jacaranda trees in the garden which have dropped their leaves. They're going to flower soon. And I've got all those very woody spines that we rake up. Would they go into the compost to rot or are they best in the bin? Yes, no, they, they will break down in your compost. Oh, lovely jubbly. And just one other question, thank you. I've grown the lovely, <clears throat> excuse me, calendulas, the double ones, and yes. I'm now getting the big seed head, the flat ones. When I dry those, when can I put those back in to grow some more plants, please? How long do I need to keep the calendula seeds before they're viable again? I think you can plant them pretty well straight away in a different, you know, in different area. Oh, good. Well, that's good because I think they'd be quite good round the roses for attracting insects. And um, I... and I've got the lovely double ones. I want to give some to some friends. So if I dry them off, I can stick them in again, may I? Yes, I I just start them in little pots. Yep. Mm. Oh, lovely. Well, thanks, ladies, and have a lovely day. And thanks for your answers. And lovely jubbly to you too, Sue. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Now we do have a competition winner. We do have a winner. Uh, so a $75 voucher will be heading your way. Compliments of Kerry from Bigger Trees. And don't forget, uh, the lady's name is Brandy uh, in Kunana Beach. We like to know. We have to live through you, Brandy. We like to know what you actually did with that $75 voucher. Now the question was, what is the common name for Helianthus annuus? The answer is sunflower. Yes, and aren't they beautiful? Yes. Now's a great time to plant sunflower seeds for sure. Okay, all right. We'll be back shortly. Curtain Radio. 22 minutes after nine. And as you would have heard, there's a lot of uh, activity out in the garden world this weekend. Lots of open gardens, a lot coming up. Events happening everywhere. We like to try and keep you up to date so that you have uh, lots of lovely options over the weekend of... Uh, of gardens that you would not normally get to see. It's, it is uh, a fabulous thing to do over the weekend. And um, I went to the Bella Rosa last weekend. Is it Bella Rosa? Yes. Up yes. in Caramar, and that was just glorious. Absolutely glorious. Flowers everywhere. A, a cottage garden lover's absolute delight. You just sat down and just thought, I'm in heaven. Yeah, oh, it's really, really the prettiest garden. Pretty, pretty, pretty. And my hat's off to uh, the owners of that garden, uh, Nula and her husband, doing an amazing job up there and uh, it was breathtaking and you come around the corner you just didn't expect to see this oasis you know uh, wow. in the middle of Karama it's absolutely beautiful so and the roses were stunning as were all the all the flowers and the ideas that you come away with this is it you come away with sneaky little ideas I know don't you yes you do okay drum roll please are you over 50 and looking for a change? Come along to the Spring Open Day at Chewett Lakes Beldivis Lifestyle Village on Wednesday, October 27th. Enjoy live music, tour the impressive clubhouse and display homes and mingle with homeowners to discover why they love living there. Thinking about downsizing? Then this event is a great way to experience all Chewett Lakes Lifestyle Village has to offer with home selling from only $162,000. Reserve your free tickets at NLV com.au station sponsor. We can carry on. Now, Ray, I received an email from Tom Hogg, who, of course, had his open garden a couple of weeks ago. Romancing how did that go? The Very, very well. They had 700 people through 
and raised twelve and a half thousand dollars. Hell, wow. I know. Isn't that amazing? That's huge. Well, well done, Tom. He's been doing this for I think it was eighteen years. Yeah. So a fantastic effort for sure. And now, you know, he just keeps on going. So on the thirty first of October, which is Sunday next week, he is doing Grandparents Day. And this is on from ten to four with children's activities between ten and twelve. And it's at Three Lillian Road in Maidervale. Sausage sizzles, teas, coffees, afternoon teas, etc. So And activities for the kids. Yes, between ten and twelve. Okay. So there we go. And you know, if you're gonna take the grandkids there, they've got a fairy dell, there's like a little gnomesville garden, there's water features, it's there is uh water, a running creek, so you need to supervise your children, but it's just a glorious garden to take kids to. Wow. So, there we go. He really does a lot for the community, that boy. He certainly does. All right. Let's head out to Byford saying good morning to Carol. Hi, Carol. Yeah, How good, are you? Yeah, good, thank you. And I love listening to your show every Saturday morning. Thank, thank you, you, Carol. Uh, great, great advice on your garden. <laughs> um, what I, I've been going to ring for the last weeks and I've, my hibiscus leaves a yellow what does that mean uh it might mean that they're hungry but also coming out of winter it's been cold and wet and of course that is the least favorite time of the year for hibiscus uh are they you're in byford is the yes. soil clay clay is it clay is it holding too much moisture Maybe because we had a lot of rain. Mm. So um, yep. what I did the other day, I, I got a whole big bag of pure um, sheep manure, you know, straight from the farm, and I threw the whole bag on, um, just hoping, you know, it might have needed a feed. Okay. So, yes. Yeah, and, see, and then I gave it a good feed with some... Um, uh, uh, the feed, you know, the feed, liquid feed. A liquid food? What yeah. Did, what yeah. did you f- liquid feed it with? Um, with some, um, not sea soul. Um, power feed? Power feed. Okay. Yeah. All right. So that, that will help. Now, a plant, when it's actively growing, will take up nutrient. If it's cold and wet and the hibiscus is still in its holding pattern the nutrients aren't going to be as available. So you're not going to see that green come into the leaves terribly quickly. Although having said that, the best way to get green into the leaves is by a liquid food or a foliar spray over the leaves during the growing time. So with the warmer weather that we're getting, what you've done will help. Uh, Now is also the time or over the last month, to cut back hibiscus by a third and that will give you new growth and bigger blooms. Yeah, I mean, these hibiscus, I don't know what, they're the little ones, you know, with the little flower. I don't know what they're called. Okay. Um, but the other ones, you know, the big hibiscus with the big leaves, the flowers there are blooming yes. huge. It's but, only these other ones what aren't... Um, 
they're a little hibiscus. They're like a little bell. Are you are you talking about abutilons? Yeah. Uh, Ah, okay. Same same sort of deal, but I think you you just have to hold out for the warm weather. Okay, and that's lovely. And also, you know the um, the sunflower seeds that you buy in a box for your bird. Yes. Can you actually plant them sunflower seeds in the garden? You sure can. Really? Oh, I've got a huge <laughs> box and um, I feed my pink and grey with and I'm mm. thinking, oh, okay, wonder if I go and put the, put all them in the garden. So I'll just rake up a bit of dirt and spread them and just cover them. And I, I would even be tempted to cover them with a little bit of wire initially. Otherwise, I find that the bandicoots just... Uh, dig them up, eat them. Nom, nom, nom. Yes. Mm. Oh, okay. All right. That's lovely. That's what I'll be doing today, planting sunflower seeds. Good on you, Every, Everyone should go out and do that today, I reckon. We will <laughs> call it Sunflower Day. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much, girls. I love your show. Thanks, thank you. Carol. Cheers. Take okay. care. And our number is 94841927. We have expert in the studio with us, Tim Griffin, president of the Epiphytic Cacti and Hoya Society, as well as our very own fan. Wake Caro. up, Tim. <laughs> oh, we let you off the hook there for a while. Now you're back on it. I'm blown away by the amount of work you girls do. You, you are so on the ball for your listeners, and yeah, it's we have a to little be. bit exciting for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you know what you? You, people like you are how we get such good reputation because we're providing information to our listeners and they they think we know everything, but it's because we get all these experts in and we learn all the time. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Very humble of you. <laughs> oh, my God, yeah. What should we talk? The jungle cactus. Let's talk. What about Ripsalis? Oh, do you have Ripsalis, yes. Tim? I, I do. Uh, and as was mentioned earlier, um, we were actually around Face Place yeah. um, earlier in the week. Ripsalis, we, we have an expert, and I've learnt from her. Mm. So if it's not quite right what I say, please understand. Mm. There's maybe 60 different Ripsalis. Is that all? It, I think, Faye, maybe, you must have nearly all of those then. Absolutely not. Because, one, they're not all in Australia. Mm. Um, but are, I think, a bit like Hoyas, they are one of the most wrongly named plants um, within our Can you plant, explain plant that, system. what you mean by that? Well, basically... Charlie discovers a Ripsalis in Southern America mm. in 1820 mm. and calls it Charlie after mm. himself. Mm. But Fred also finds one in Brazil in 1824 oh. and gives it a different name. I see. And it's not until somebody either does the DNA or looks at the plants and says, we've got four plants here with four different names. Yeah. We need to get this taxonomy mm-hmm. correct. Mm-hmm. And so they go, well, who actually found it first? Charlie. So now this plant is called Charlie. But if you are selling plants, you may have received one called Fred. You then sell it on as Fred because you know no better. Yeah. 
and you, you often find with collectors, oh, there's a new one. I see what happens. Pay you $25, $30, go home and go, oh, it mm. looks exactly the same. Mm -hmm. Maybe it will flower different. Mm. No, it doesn't. Okay. It's the same plant. And, and this has been going on for years, and it, it, it will take years and years to get plant names correct. Oh, with this particular. Mine no, have been no. renamed. Labels that were in them have been taken out. Ones I recently purchased from the hardware store are incorrectly named. Oh, I've had a few from there too. Mm. Oh, so, okay. yes. Oh, well, you'll have to help me. <laughs> well, we're doing our Ripsales meeting tomorrow, aren't we? Yeah. Okay, I'm looking forward to that. Okay, let's go to Safety Bay. We're talking about Hoyas. Of course we are. Jasmine, good morning. Oh, good morning. Um, I would like to ask Tim, I have a rope Hoya. I've had it for many years. It was a, a little bit given to me by a friend. And it has never flowered. It grows, but I, it has never flowered. And I was wondering if it does flower, or well, I suppose it would, but uh, what sort of flower it would have? Well, the Indian rope hoyer is of the Carnosa family. So the Carnosa mm -hmm. is uh, Grandma's hoyer, the nice yes. bright pink flower. So yes. it's the same as the Carnosa flower. But mm -hmm. normally on the rope, it is smaller and tighter, almost like a golf ball. Okay. Uh, it's an absolute beautiful flower. I'm mm -hmm. going to say to you, Give it more light. Uh, yes, well, it is on a patio, but I need to move it closer to the other side. It's against the house wall. And I have shade cloth from the patio to the fence. And I grow my hoyas along there, and I take bits off, and I stick them into old cane baskets I buy in op shops um, to get them going. And my burgundy one has flowered this year. Um, I don't know the name, but it's a beautiful burgundy one. But most of the others are the, the same old, you know, the pale pink one with the little red centre. Yeah. And I've had them grow right along the wall um, on the inside of a, well, it's the south side of the north wall. Uh, so they're facing south and they're giving me shade cloth. And it's gone along the wall and back and then along the wall and back. And it's been absolutely stunning. But this year, I think with the rain, uh, one of them has rotted. So I'm going to take that out and put the burgundy one in. But I love the program and thank you for your help. I, I am going to say what, what, how you mentioned one had rotted. Mm. Um, now, or actually last month, is the time to add your wetter soil to the soil so it goes straight through the pot when you put the water in. Um, it's the, actually in the ground. Oh well, but I yeah. think it's just we've had extra runoff from the gutters, and it's sort of—I think it's hit it, and it's just sort of literally drowned it. Yeah, that doesn't. That will make it hard. Mm. All right, Tim. Well, thank you very much. You're welcome. Thank you. Bye. Cheers for that. Hi. So, just to clarify, with the wetter soil, you add that into the mix to. How does that Do work? you add that into your new mix or to your existing baskets? Uh, to, to your existing baskets, mm. it's. Um, as part of a the club, if you wish, we have a monthly care of plants. And the mm. plants we cover are the epicacti, the ripsalis, the hoyas, mm. and such. And for September, we say, soak with wetting agent. Start your fertilizer routine and start taking your cuttings. Mm. We, we really do 
provide as many answers as we can to our members. Mm. Um, Is that information available on the website, Tim, the calendar? We, we do not actually have a website. We have a Facebook page where we, at the present time, we just add little bits um, to let people know we're out there. Mm. We love new members. Mm, of course. N new members are the, are the heart of the club yeah, because the they bring with them ideas. Yeah. And it actually reinvigorates some of the old members. Yeah, of course. <laughs> it, it's, it's a really good thing. Yeah, okay. We're heading to Warwick. Good morning, Hazel. How are you? Oh, good morning. I have two questions for you. The first one is about bulbs. This winter, I decided to do a multiple, uh, a, a, a big pot full of bulbs. I started with daffodils, tulips, hyacinths, and crocuses. And um, the hyacinths were beautiful, the crocus, and a couple of the, um, a couple of the um, tulips. But now I've got a big pot full of things. The, the daffodils never came through. What I'm wondering is, should I empty it out, take all the bulbs out and store them for the winter, for the summer, and redo the whole thing next year? Or can I leave them in the pot for next year? Good question, Hazel. And you have a couple of options. Are they still leafy? Yes, and I'm on top of the thing to make the pot look a bit better, I've got a couple of... Um, creeping or oh, the bright blue plant that's out at the moment just on the top so it doesn't look so daggy. But Labelia? Labelia, yeah. I've got to leave them in the pot until they die right down and I did hear on some program to feed them with a liquid feed uh, fertilizer. Mm. Now do I feed them with a liquid fertilizer for the bulbs then leave it as is or should yes. I just leave it till they die down and then take them all out? Yes. So I I know I said that last week. Give the leaves a liquid feed now because the the energy that's in those leaves goes into the bulb and that's why we leave the leaves on until they completely die down and dry oh, no, out. The daffodils that didn't come to the surface. Well, until you dig them up, you won't really know. They, they may have rotted or, oh. you know, that's... That's a possibility, but you will only really know when you dig them up. Um, and if that's the case, you know, it might be because they were infected by a fungal disease, which is a good reason to empty the whole pot. So, yes, feed with the liquid feed. Uh, wait for them to die down. Let the pot dry out. Empty it out. Sort out all your bulbs. Check on mm -hmm. your daffodil bulbs, whether they've rotted or whether they're just diseased. And so, therefore, you can separate them. bought this year. Pardon? They were brand new bulbs I bought this year. Yes. But sometimes if they're not in the best condition or, or you know, maybe they're just sitting there and who knows? Until you investigate by emptying the pot, you won't really know. Right. Now, can the lobelia that's on the top... Can I keep watering that for a little while and then discard that and wait till the pot's really dried out? Yes, you can. Or you could just lift it out and transplant it to somewhere else. Yeah, that's a good idea. Mm. Yes. But yeah, I think um, 
I would want to know what's happened to those daffodil bulbs. Never done a pot like that before, and I thought it was a beautiful idea and gave it a go. But yeah, absolutely, and and adding that extra colour makes it look good, and mm. and then they do just get a bit messy. So it's time to just put it out of the way, let it die down, dry out. But and it needs it, to go in a dry spot to dry out. Uh, well. Sort of, yes, depending on what the weather does, if it's out in the open or, yeah. Ideally, you you would probably stop watering it or you could just leave it there, put it aside and reinvigorate it next year. You think it might come again? And if I just leave it, it might come back next year? It most likely will, yes. Oh, that saves a lot of work. <laughs> it, it does, but then you'll never know what's happened to those daffodils. <laughs> yeah. No, no. Yeah. My other question was, you've got a man I was talking about, beautiful Hoyas, and he's on about cuttings. Can he tell us how he does a cutting? Yeah, well, what we'll do, lot, Hazel. The, you soak, you, you piece in water. All right, we'll, we have to go to a break, but what we'll do is we'll put that to Tim and he will talk about that very soon. Good. Thank you. Thank you very much Cheers for, for that. Thank you. Okay, bye. All right, we do have to have a break. And when we return, we're also ch- chatting with Prue. And just quickly, uh, the Mitchell Freeway is closed at Shenton Avenue northbound. Uh, we're asking you to seek an alternate route. Mitchell Freeway closed at Shenton Avenue northbound. Seek an alternate route. Thanks to Ted for letting us know. Curtain Radio. You are with Ray and Faye. This is Let's Talk Gardening. Special guest with us this morning, Tim Griffin, President of the Epiphytic Cacti and Hoya Society. And you're doing a fabulous job for us, Tim, this morning. Thank you. And we will get back to you because we're going to talk a little bit about uh, Hoya cuttings and how you go about that in more detail. We're in North Yundera. Prue, thanks for waiting. No, thank you. Good morning, all. Good morning. Um, a couple of questions. I have two standard... I Sorry, I moved about half a dozen or oh, seven roses about four and five months ago to a sunny spot. They weren't getting enough sun. All of them took, except for two standard roses, who are just doing nothing. They look a little bit sick and what have you. Should I persevere with them or should I just pull them out? Uh <laughs> you you have the choice. Um, is there a lot of growth? Is there any regrowth? Are no. they shooting? No. All right. They might just be slow because they've got further mm. to get up to the top. Uh, mm. I, you know, I wouldn't give up just yet. I would just okay. be patient and and maybe something's going to happen. It might just be taking a bit longer. Okay, I have given them some black marble um, granules and that sort of thing, but it just they, that was about a week ago. No, really, we don't fertilize stressed plants. Okay. So what you yep. what we really want to do is encourage the root system. So yep. um, something that will help develop their regrowth, not Keep something on. that's going yeah. to try and push it along. But yeah, yeah time time yeah, okay. will tell. Okay, another couple of questions. Gazanias. I have got various uh, plots of beautiful gazanias, very sick and what have you. They get watered regularly um, and what have you. But sometimes I, they look beautiful one day and then all of a sudden they'll come out and there might be two or three of them in a mass of them just turn their toes up. Mm. Now, it, it, does that 
seem make sense to you? Or? Uh, check for snails that might have got in there and nipped off parts and just, you know, left okay. a slime trail. Also, yep. if they've been in there quite a while, maybe even try some wetting agent so that the soil is evenly wet if there's dry patches. Although okay. you know, I think they're probably more susceptible to rot rather than dry soil. So just okay. just right. have a look at the soil underneath where they, they've died off. Okay. Now, finally, I've got a bank on uh, a bank of canners which I cut right back at wintertime and they're coming through beautifully, all nice and green. A couple of them are just starting to bud. Should I be feeding them um, uh, well or does somebody told me that canners are something you can neglect? <laughs> um, you sure can neglect mm. them. But you know what? If you want like better better blooms, yeah, a, a little them. bit of slow-release yeah. fertiliser, mm. you know, is really easy to apply. I recently bought a... A big tub. Um, I think it was a yes. twenty litre bucket, and yep. I've probably got an acre of garden. So I go through, yep. I weed everything, make a little yep. well. I give it a bit of. Um, I've been giving them organic fertilizer as well, and a handful of slow release fertilizer. And okay, you know, then you don't yep. have to do anything for the next three months. Oh, wonderful. Okay. Mm. And just finally, one for Tim. Um, I have an old dunny, believe it or not, because <laughs> um, we've got a very, very old home. And there's a hoya that is in the ground, which when we bought the property three years ago was there. Don't know how old it is or what have you. I put some uh, lattice up for it to climb, which it has, and what have you. At the minute, the Two, there's two two branches on it. There's only two uh, limbs, and both of them at the very end have died. Right, just only what about three inches? Okay, on both of them have died off. The rest of the plant looks fine, but it will not flower. Now it does get uh, at the, as we speak. I'm looking at it. It gets morning sun uh, very briefly for a few hours, um, and I figured it must be in the right spot in so far as it's been there for so long and I fed it when we came here I gave it a little bit of TLC and it came away beautifully and whatever but it is just not flowering and is there anything I should give it or what it's um <clears throat> I, I will start with the tendrils of the vines that have grown up and died yeah this is quite normal for Hoyas basically when they right. because they are a vine in twiny plant they grow long. They like to grab onto something. So you will quite right. often get a metre of growth with no leaves on it initially until, yeah. it, until it can latch onto something. Once it latches right. onto it, it sort of thinks, okay, I'm stable now. I can keep growing and put my leaves out and hopefully follow with flowers. Okay. I, yep. Because I put all my plants in un under 70% so I know the light they are getting, if yours are getting morning sun, that that yep. should be enough. But, yes. but quite often I've seen plants that have grown on one side of a fence, no flowers. They've gone round the corner, <laughs> heaps of flowers. It's just okay. It's just that little difference. Yep. Um, yep. Okay. So and, so and maybe the, the little bits. Train that, it different. Yep. Yeah. Just train it as 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 much as going upwards, um, left or right, just to a different light source. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, that's great. All Good right. <coughs> Pardon me. Thanks, Prue. Take care. Thank you very much. Take care. Bye. Cheers. Bye. Okay, we'll be back shortly. Curtain Radio. You're with Let's Talk Gardening, and we're going to go straight to Tim, who's going to talk about how you take a Hoyer cutting. So uh, the last two months has been the optimum time for actually taking your cuttings. My cuttings I like to take one day, um, cut them to the size of cutting I'm going to be planting into pots, and then leave them for three days so they callous. So you're not putting a wet cutting into wet soil. Do you lay the cutting on the top of the soil? Or? I have done with some yeah. of the very smaller varieties, mm. serpents, caticii. But mm-hmm. most, you really do just stick them in there. Shove them in. Okay. They, but you have to wait until the cutting has callus because if you put it in wet, you're going to put fungal growth mm. from the soil into the plant. So let it dry. And So let it dry. So okay. how many nodes, Tim? I like two nodes above ground, so four leaves, mm-hmm. because higher leaves grow opposite each other. Yeah. So four leaves above ground is really good. You will find a lot of people will do two leaves, but that's only because they require more cuttings, and it's quite often the rarer plants that they do this with yeah. to achieve more cuttings. But just your, your normal everyday higher, four leaves, six leaves, eight leaves above ground, at least one node below ground, and it will take off approximately four weeks to roots, and then you should start to see maybe some new growth. Okay, thank you. And today's show is sponsored by Soil Solver. Landscape Industries Association Product of the Year. The answer lies in the soil. And Ray, we have received some emails in this morning. Uh, Thanks to Barbara responding to our query that we put out about chilli thrip on roses. And she said that she'd sprayed her roses twice, suspecting they had early signs of the dreaded chilli thrip. They were affected last year, so she's keeping an eagle eye on them. And that's in City Beach. Yeah. Uh, Ray just heard us talking about something added to the Hoya mix to prevent fungus gnats and wanted to know, was it cinnamon? And yes, Ray, it was. So there you go. Uh, Jeremy has sent us in a photo that he has taken of a lovely garden bench seat that he's made from a bedhead. It's gorgeous. That looks absolutely Stunning. See that and in a cottage garden, couldn't yeah, you? Yeah, it's all painted white. Mm. It it looks beautiful. Well done, Jeremy. And Vaughan has sent us in a photo of a lovely Hoya in a hanging basket hanging under the eaves, which wouldn't flower. Mm. And Tim and I looked at it and perhaps try giving it more light. So we talked about moving moving it out from the patio or moving Just it towards n- never light. Into, never into full sun. Uh, hmm. Just maybe one foot further to the edge. Yeah. And so all morning you've been saying often the reason Hoyas don't flower is because they don't get enough get light. Enough light. Yep. And so most people think it's food, so it's more no, a light no, issue. No, no, Def- definitely okay. light. Okay. Hmm. And they don't like to be pot bound, but they like an open mix. Correct. So when when should you pot on a Hoya? You can pot on every two years. But in a lot of the time, it's not actually necessary because you're feeding the hoyer, mm. so you're giving it what it requires. It doesn't need to be potted on every five minutes. That they will quite happily stay in the same basket for ten years, mm. 
as long as the soil is still good, it's, as long as the water drains through it, it hasn't compacted. Yeah. Um, it, it's, you have to play it by ear a little bit. Mm. To, to I, I guess one way of learning more about them is perhaps like Come next to the club. weekend. Come well, to the club. next weekend you've got your the your show, show and you, you can get to see what all these plants are that we're talking about. When they're in flower, you can have a look at the mix. You get an idea of how light it is because some of the potting mixes that we buy, the premium mixes, they're actually heavy. They're very heavy. They, they have mm. good drainage, but mm. these plants are jungle plants. They grow mm. in trees. They're not grown normally in a pot with heavy soil. No. Their roots are uh, on, on tree, tree bark yeah. and they have moisture and humidity around them so understanding their growing conditions can help so next weekend the show is on in Bassendine 12 o'clock till 3.30 for the public Bassendine Community Centre correct mm-hmm. corner of oh, 50 Old Perth Road in Bassendine I'll know where that one is mm. Yeah. so thank you Tim it's you're all welcome lovely hearing from you today about all the, the different plants it, it's something I like doing. Uh, the, it, it's it's great when you go out in the morning and you see new flowers. It, even even at this time, I have one that hasn't quite popped yet. Yeah. So it has a beautiful big peduncle on there. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm hoping in the next couple of days she will open It'll up. It'll happen. And it will be... Like a first, all over again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we are like little children, aren't we? Sometimes in a toy shop. Yeah, absolutely. All right, our work is done. Thank you, everyone, for your company today. Enjoy this beautiful weekend and weather whilst it lasts. Uh, Bev Daring and John Glidden, and of course, our very own Faye Cara and Tim. Yep, for trekking in, and we hope to have you again on the show uh, in the future. All right, coming up next is Jim Crinan with the classic seventies. Then. We go country with Brendan T and Born in Boots. And my gardenism for the morning is there is something divine, something artistic and something supreme in reading a book in a peaceful garden. Happy gardening, everyone. We hope you've enjoyed listening to another edition of Let's Talk Gardening on Curtain Radio. Happy gardening.